1: What's going on everybody? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football 101. I'm your host, Jake Ripp, and you are listening to the 101 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. Woo! And now, please welcome the Timex wearing, spirit flying, Toyota riding, Woo! Fantasy Football ranking. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground. D. Hall. All right. We got another episode of Fantasy Football 101 on deck. And this is not just your average, ordinary episode. We got a double dose of Hall going on on this show. Donnie, what's
2: going on? Hey, yo, Nate, get the table. Now.
1: <sighs> what's up?
2: What's going on, Nate? How's it going?
1: I'm doing great, man. Doing great. We got the three champions on one show. The rest of the 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 rest of the league can watch and envy as uh, the, the three best guys in the league show how it's done. Let's get the show started. We're going to get the starts and sits in a minute, but we're going to do three top trade targets, and we're going to get started with Evan Ingram. I want to know your guys' initial thoughts on this guy because he's been kind of flying under the radar, just eight catches for 74 yards through two weeks, but 15 targets, however. On Wednesday, on today, rather, when we're recording this, uh, the Giants placed Sterling Shepard on the IR. There's no Saquon Barkley to catch passes in that offense. So I feel like the big Evan Ingram game is coming sooner rather than later. D. Hall, are you trading for Evan Ingram, or are you just going to let some other sucker uh, keep him on his bench?
2: I think he's a great buy low option, Jake. I think that when we look at Evan Ingram, we have to think of a couple of different things. Anytime his production has been really high, it's when he's been the only option in the offense, and it's starting to shape up that way. Uh, we just got word that Sterling Shepard is going to be out for an extended period of time. Saquon obviously tore his ACL. They're bringing in Devontae Freeman, so all those things add up to potential good production. And uh, with the way the free agent or with the way the tight end market is looking out there, you could probably get Evan Ingram for pretty cheap right now. Uh, there's guys that are emerging like a Mike Gesicki, T.J. Hawkinson, new Smith. Uh, that are out there, and, um, you know, people want to go after the new hotness in Kaseki and those guys that I just spoke of. I think that he's definitely worth a pickup, and I I don't think you're going to have to pay too much to get him either.
1: Yeah, he has yet to hit double-digit fantasy points through two weeks, keeping that price nice and low. So, Nate, I want to ask you, would you be willing to trade Johnny Smith for Evan Ingram? I saw that debate on Twitter, and I wasn't quite sure which way I landed on that.
0: Uh, My opinion on Evan Ingram right now is I'd rather have Johnny Smith over him just honestly, I think that offense as a whole is taking a big step down. I don't think they're going to move towards the red zone at all. Probably not a lot of good targets coming for him. You know, low-level targets, I think, he will honestly be sitting where he's at right now. Probably be sitting there the whole season. Maybe fringe top 10 guy, but I see a lot more upside in Jonah Smith That'll that'll win you weeks. That's not to say you don't go after Evan Ingram if you have a decent sure. deal, but I just don't see much value coming out of it.
1: Another top trade target we got here is Kenyon Drake. There was a ton of off-season hype on this guy, but it seems like those people, the Kenyon Drake troopers, <clears throat> all kind of gone quiet now. 13.5 fantasy points through Week 1. It's nothing to be mad at. 10.5 fantasy points in Week 2. It's fine. You know, 60 yards, 86 yards. But the Cardinals faced San Francisco in Week 1, and they took on that that really tough Washington defensive line in Week 2. Now, his next three matchups, guys, Detroit, Carolina, and New York Jets. All top eight in uh, most fantasy points allowed to the running back. His stock is about to skyrocket. D. Hall, I'm curious if you think he's going to crack the top
2: ten running backs this season and have PPR. I definitely think it's possible, Jake. I mean, you look at the offense that they're in. It's um, possible, possible, but will he? I don't know. I had to look at my running back ranks off the top of my head. I would say, I, th- I would say, yes, uh, off the top of my head. Just that offense as a whole. We're looking at Kyler Murray, a potential MVP candidate in his second year, really just taking that uh, extra step forward. New Hopkins coming over there has just been absolutely incredible. Uh, possibly the number one receiver in all of fantasy right now with injuries to Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. Kyler's running the ball more now than he did last year, which opens up more lanes for the running back. you got those two tough matchups out of the way. I definitely think that he can sneak into that top 10. Just his upside in that offense, I think, is very good. Nate, Donnie gave
1: me a cop-out answer there, so I want a more more strong take. If you think he'll finish in the top 10 this season, are you worried that Chase Edmonds eats too much into that workload to, for Kenyon Drake to be a, a running back one.
0: I think he easily gets in the top. Not easily, but I think he can work his way in there with the injuries to happen and Saquon and CMC both that, out. That's
1: true. I mean, uh, that's so,
0: two spots open.
1: Yeah, if he would have finished top 12, then now we're talking about him as a top 10 option. That's a good yeah. Point.
0: I think it's definitely within the realm of possibility. If he picks up these next few games, then I, I mean, I could definitely see trading for him now. Because his value now, is it's it's definitely at a low.
2: I mean, what's his value right now? Uh, an RB2? You could probably pay and get an mm-hmm. RB2 price for, for him as a, as a potential RB1 upside.
1: Yeah, I don't know who's in your league if you're listening to this, but if you took someone like a James Robinson, I feel like you could package him with a decent receiver and come out of it with Kenyon Drake if the Kenyon Drake owner is sour on what he's done through two weeks, if he's not impressed. Because Kenyon Drake's about to pop off. It's coming with these next three games.
2: Let's just give a range of outcomes for the our listeners out there. Do you think if you offer Kareem Hunt, you can get Kenyon Drake?
1: I don't think so, no. I wouldn't accept that anyways if I was the Kenyon Drake owner. Not in a split backfield. I think I would definitely want someone who's who's getting the majority of carries. Okay. Yeah, Melvin I'd Gordon. Take,
2: I'd probably take uh, Drake. Melvin Gordon? Melvin yes. Gordon.
0: I'd take Drake as
1: well. I would also, yes.
2: Okay. So, yeah. he's the li- so you're going <laughs> to have to move up into – if you were just to go side by side, maybe like an Austin Eckler or Chris Carson, a Nick Chubb would probably get get you Drake. Yeah. I would okay. trade, I would trade Nick Chubb and a second for Kenyon Drake, not even like think that. twice about it.
1: Yep. I like that a lot. Okay, okay. I think we're all in agreement there. Uh let's move on to the last guy that I think you should be trading for. I have been out on AJ Green all offseason. He has health concerns, a rookie quarterback. He's got target competition in that offense, and overall, it's just a bad offense, or at least what we thought would be a bad offense coming into the season. Uh, although he has yet to crest eight fantasy points in half PPR leagues, I'm I'm interested in sending out offers for AJ Green. Uh, his asking price is going to be way lower than it should be due to his lack of production. But listen to this: through two weeks, AJ Green is number four in targets with 22. Number one in deep targets, that's passes of 20 or more yards, uh, seven of those. And he's number one in air yards, 338 air yards. In an offense that leads the NFL in pass plays per game, 51 and a half pass plays per game for that offense. Given that's a little inflated due to that crazy Joe Burrow 60 plus attempt game. But all this stuff's going right for A.J. Green. What am I missing here?
2: I mean, in our league, the guy who has A.J. Green, he's benching him this week. All right, so here's my thing with A.J. Green. Yes, you threw out those stats. Uh, number Number four in targets, number one in deep air targets. The problem is, that doesn't really matter. Uh, the deep air targets, to me, doesn't matter. That offensive line is atrocious. They don't give Burrow the time needed to throw the ball down the field. That's why his targets and uh, have not been completed to A.J. Green. Even though they've been deep targets, that's great. But when you're under pressure, you don't have time to throw the ball. Therefore, the ball is going to be inaccurate. They need to sync up on those short and intermediate routes for him to really get effective, and I think that's where Tyler Boyd lives. Uh, I do think that he's a great target just for the fact that He's not overpriced right now. His buy, He's definitely a buy low. Let's just say this. If I had Tyler Boyd, I would trade him for A.J. Green right now. Oh, Tyler boyd okay. better, been, been the better player. I don't know if that gets it done, but I can see a world out there where you offer that someone uh, like a Tyler Boyd to the A.J. Green owner, and they might take that. So it's all in what you think. Uh, there, it, it, theres It's so split in the industry right now with A.J. Green. You're either on him or you're off of him. What do we always say in fantasy football? Volume is king. And he's certainly getting the volume in the targets, so that's something to consider for sure.
0: I think if you're going to go after AJ Green, you got to really consider mm. that he won't produce for you, in like he's not going to give you. I don't think he's going to give you a big game in these next few weeks. Maybe I think he's a, a buy low, but honestly, I don't see the return on investment until like a couple weeks in when him and Burrow start getting that connection together, like you say. So if you have that depth, that wide receiver depth that that you can just get someone like AJ Green, put him on his bench, put him on your bench, and if he pops for you, then that's that's a win in the trade.
2: And you know what, Nate? Uh, before you jump in, Jake, I, I agree with Nate. If you look at his upcoming schedule, he faces Philadelphia this week where he's going to face Darius Slay, who's a number one cornerback. who's very tough.
1: None of this is new to A.J. Green, though. He's this is true, but Jake, he's never – he has played Coming seven back off games. a year,
2: yeah. He's been playing – he's played seven games in the last With new QB? Two years. Out. It's tough. Listen, I, I hear you. He's a great buy low, but it's got to be the price is right with A.J. Green. I'm not trading – you know, a big piece. I'm going to try to trade a high-end bench piece to get him. All right, let's move on to stardom sit em. Our
1: first guy in the stardom section, he's making a return for the second consecutive week. It's Michael Gallup. Donnie, we called him a starter last week, and he came out and he did our listeners dirty against the Atlanta defense and went completely ghost. Uh, just five targets, two receptions, and 58 yards in this game. He still outperformed Julio Jones. Uh, goes to show you, you can't really count on one game to you know, to tell you what a player is going to be worth for the entire season. Uh, but my main reasoning for forcing Michael Gallup in, into the stardom section for another week, a, a second week in a row, is because I truly don't believe that there's any way he goes from this pitiful stat line in a game that was 40 to 39 against a bad defense. I don't think he does that twice in a row, this time against Seattle, who's given up the most points to wide receivers. Nate you are a Michael Gallup owner so I'm curious uh what what are your thoughts on him is he an absolute no doubt start are you looking to move him are you looking to uh trade for him in leagues where you don't have him just give me your overall scope on Michael Gallup so in terms of
0: start him for this week I was like pretty much watched that whole game last week for the Dallas Atlanta game and that was just a weird game. It was super weird. It was, yeah, they put up third. They put up what forty points on the board. But Dak had what like three rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's it was just a weird game overall. So I think that's definitely a one off for him. But he's he's like a change of pace guy. It's it's tough for for three good wide receivers to produce in that offense. You got Ceedee Lamb coming underneath. You have uh, Cooper on the outside. He's real quick. Gallup has to take advantage of every target he gets in that offense. Um, I'll tell you right, right now, I, I also have Robbie Anderson on my team. I was considering starting Anderson over him. What do you think about that?
1: I'll kick that to you, Donnie. What are your thoughts on Robbie Anderson versus <clears throat> Gallup this week?
2: For me, it's Michael Gallup. Just because Robbie Anderson is facing a tough Chargers defense um, in a game, yes, they, they're going to be turning to Herbert, but I don't see a lot of points being scored in that game, so I don't see – Um, a game where uh, it's going to be back and forth. Um, You look at how the Chargers want to win games. They want to run Joshua Kelly, and they want to run um, Eckler and try to minimize the game as much as possible, let that clock run, and and play good defense. And the other game is probably going to be one of the highest over-unders of the week in the Cowboys and the Seahawks game. The over-under sits at currently at 56.5 at Vegas, which is – uh, more than what the Atlanta Cowboys game was last week, um, so that's saying something. Seahawks got shredded by Cam Newton last week. Literally, it was whoever got the ball last was going to win that game. So I would stick with Michael Gallup, uh, but Robbie Anderson is def- definitely nipping at his heels uh, in terms of how that the, how he's performing. It's very surprising early going in the season.
1: It's funny you make that comparison, too, because I see the similarities not as far as like the individual player, but their situation. It's like Dallas is this juggernaut offense where you've got weapons all over the place. But Carolina is sort of the same way. They just don't have a Dak Prescott. It's Teddy Bridgewater. You know, they got DJ Moore to throw to Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, uh, typically Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Yeah, I think that's a tough call to make. But I, I, too, lean Michael Gallup. Is that the move you're making, Nate?
0: Yeah, that's probably what I'm sticking with just for upside going up against a tough team. I think that's what i got to roll with.
1: Right on. Let's move on to our second guy in stardom. It is Jarek McKinnon. I never thought we would find ourselves here. And how ironic is it that the only healthy running back for the San Francisco 49ers is Jarek McKinnon, the guy who spent the last two seasons on the IR. This week, no Mostert, no Coleman. It's going to be just Jeff Wilson, as far as I'm concerned, to steal attempts from him. I've always believed in McKinnon as an athlete. He's a freak in in that sense. But I think this is the game where we finally see his ceiling. We finally see why San Francisco paid him so much money. Uh, this should be a positive game script against the New York Giants for Jarek McKinnon. And I think he's going to see a ton of carries, but he's also going to be looked for a lot in the receiving game, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play. I think he's going to really be a nice crutch for um, Nick Mullins. Donnie, Jarek McKinnon, what's the move with him this week? I mean, rank him among running backs, rather, this week. Off the top of your head, are we talking he's a top 24?
2: Yeah, he's a top 20 running back this week, no doubt. Is, um, he, a top, is he a top 15? Uh, no, he's not a top 15. I think he's right there, like 16 to 18 range. So in terms of this game with Jarek McKinnon, this, we had to do all this to add up to our final equation, and this being... George Kittle is out. Jamie Garoppolo is out. Maybe out. both of those guys
1: could play. But either way, Donnie, is that really bad? George Kittle
2: practice today.
0: Is
1: it, bad? is it bad if Jerick McKinnon has Nick Mullins? Is it bad if he has Jimmy? No, Gomes?
2: I think it's better if he has Nick Mullins personally.
1: Well, I think no matter what, this is a run first team. And if Jerick McKinnon's going to be the only guy in that offense against the New York Giants, I want him on my roster. And
2: uh, oh, absolutely. He's a, he's a, you start him as an RB2 this week. No, no doubt about it. And if he's your flex, that's a win. He's going to be, he's going to get a ton of work. He looked great last week, had a lot of pop in his step. I think that Jerick McKinnon's just—he's due for a great game. Uh, we we saw Benny Snell go for a hundred over a hundred yards against his team, and Benny Snell got benched last week. You know, you you got to look at all what what uh, the Giants' defense—they're not very good. I just think that it's going to be wheels up for Jerick McKinnon.
1: Nate, is there a chance Jerick McKinnon finishes inside the top twelve and half PPR? Isn't there like a an inkling of a chance?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He could easily go off. I I don't put it good odds on it personally.
1: I mean, I, I feel like I would. There's no one to challenge him in a run first offense. I feel like the 49ers are gonna have their way with the Giants. You don't think uh,
0: Jeff it? Wilson
1: challenges it all? Or yeah, I don't I don't think Jeff at Wilson, all. Uh, no, I mean, no, he'll be involved, but I think it's gonna be Jarek McKinnon for the most part in a positive game script okay. where the 49ers are gonna have their way with the injury-riddled Giants. They don't have Saquon, they're not gonna be able to move the chains. I think the 49ers, no matter who they have under center, are going to take a big lead very fast and they're going to run the ball for the rest of the game and it's going to be a lot of Jarek McKinnon and it's going to be a little bit of Jeff Wilson. And if that's the case, I'm more than happy to start Jarek McKinnon this week. Fair enough, Jake. Let's move on to our third guy in the stardom. I'm going to switch it up a little bit, Donnie, because usually we do running backs, we do receivers. I want to give you a tight end who I think needs to be started this week. That is Dallas Goddard versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, for those of you brave enough to stream tight ends, you know I don't even know if Dallas Goddard is a stream anymore. Is he more of just a weekly starter? I'll, I'll kick this one to you, Nate. I know it's tough to say, depending, <laughs> on, depending on your roster construction, but if you've got Dallas Goddard and you've got Austin Hooper, or if you've got Dallas Goddard and you've got Hayden Hurst, I, I feel like Dallas Garter is the guy you're going to lean on more times than not, regardless of the matchup.
0: I mean, with Dallas Goddard, you're looking at that touchdown opportunity, right? Um, And he's definitely someone you try and find off waivers that you can plug in every week. I know he was a big waiver at week two, uh, like after week two was over. He was one of the bigger waiver targets. Um, I think he's definitely startable until he poops, really. (laughs) So I I would keep him in the lineup, you know? I mean, he could get you that touchdown easily.
1: Yeah, uh, Philly is currently third in pass plays per game. They're throwing almost 47 times per game. Again, it's a small sample size, only two weeks of football. But the Eagles are going to be without Jalen Rager in week three and the foreseeable future. The last I saw, they were expecting him to maybe return around week 10. But I think it's going to be wheels up for both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. But thus far, Dallas Goddard has out-targeted Ertz 17-14. Donnie, you tell me, is this the year that Goddard establishes himself as the tight end one in Philadelphia? Because we all knew that day would come someday. I just
2: wasn't really expecting it to happen this soon. I don't think it happens this year. Uh, Next year, after Zach Ertz leaves, I think that that will happen. But that's not to say that Dallas Goddard doesn't have value in fantasy. I think that Dallas Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz is the closest thing that we've seen since Gronk and Aaron Hernandez on the Patriots years ago. There's no really good wide receivers to speak of in Philadelphia. De- Deshaun Jackson's perpetually hurt. Alshon Jeffrey's not ready. Jalen Rager's out. Uh, there's just no one to throw to on the outside. So what do they got to do? They got to play a lot of twelve man formations and focus on uh, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And I think they're both top ten options. I think that Zach Ertz still is a top five option, and Dallas Goddard's a top ten option. So they're both startable. It all depends on your situation. Yes, if you have a Dallas Goddard and an Austin Hooper, I'm playing Dallas Goddard. Absolutely.
1: All right. That's uh that's all we got for the stardom, guys. Uh, Michael Gallup, Jarek McKinnon, Dallas Goddard. Find a way to get him in your lineup. Let's move on to sit him. The first guy here, I feel like this one should be common sense, yet people are going to force him into their lineups. Devontae Freeman, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, now with the New York Giants. He hasn't seen any training camp. He He's in a brand new system. He What did he, he signed Two, three days ago? He's not going to be ready for NFL football. I don't care how much he's been working out, working on his strength and conditioning over the offseason. He's not getting NFL reps. If Saquon Barkley couldn't run behind this offensive line, if he couldn't produce behind the Giants' offensive line, what on earth makes you think Devontae Freeman can, coming off of no training camp? Nate, between Devonta Freeman and Deion Lewis, who would you be more inclined to start if you were in a pinch this week at running back? Oh,
0: it, well, that's a horrible pinch, first of all. Yes, uh, I would say <laughs> neither of them. I would I, Also, I, if I had to choose one, it would definitely be Deion Lewis. We've seen him get touches before, even with Saquon in the offense. I think they drew up a couple plays for him. So they definitely know how to incorporate him into the offense, whereas, as you said, Devonta Freeman – coming off the streets, uh, switching his tennis shoes up for some cleats. I don't think he's uh, – he's probably he's probably good for five touches this game, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I think there's a chance that they go out there, and Devonta Freeman is named active in the in the lineup, but he might not even see the ball once. They might yeah. just have him in the reserves. It's way too scary of a situation, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'd consider it if it was against the Jaguars or the <laughs> Dolphins or the Jets – But they play the San Francisco 49ers. I don't even want to put Deion Lewis out there. Donnie, would you rather play Deion Lewis or
2: Devonta Freeman? Is it close? I think they're both shitty options, Jake, personally. But if I had to choose one, I would agree with my brother. I would go with Deion Lewis. Uh, Just because of the passing uh, out of the backfield. That factor in alone, I think, is worth the Deion Lewis play. We don't know what we're going to see out of Devonta Freeman. Last time we saw him, he was in a high-powered... Uh, Falcons offense and they were terrible or and he was terrible yeah so you know what makes you think in a step down in the offense he's going to be any better Uh, people spend a ton of money on fab on him this this week Nate you Mm. were the Saquon owner and you didn't even place a bid for Freeman
0: I just don't see him making an impact man I see they even they have Wayne Gallman in there too I see a split uh backfield three-man committee none of them are going to Produce really honestly in that offense. I don't think.
1: I mean, what's what's the best case scenario for Devontae Freeman? He sees fifteen carries. I feel like would be a lot in that offense. And what's he gonna get on fifteen carries? I I feel like you'd be lucky to get fifty yards behind that offensive line, especially if we're playing a good defense. There's just no upside there.
2: He's a touchdown or bust, RB three. That's all he is.
1: Say no more. I can get behind that. Let's move to our second guy on the sit list. And this one might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to go with David Montgomery against the Atlanta Falcons. Let me get started with not everyone who plays the Atlanta Falcons is going to be an automatic start. I know you see that shitty defense, and right away you think, oh, everyone's going to pair them up. And this might seem a bit bold, especially coming off of a 20 fantasy point performance against the Giants, but I would be sitting Montgomery if I owned him. I don't think I do anywhere, but I would be sitting him if I owned him. I think Atlanta picks up a win this week. I think that they get ahead on the scoreboard, and I think they do it pretty quick. Um, And when they do, I think you see a lot of Tariq Cohen catching passes out of the backfield, and David Montgomery isn't going to see 15 to 20 carries. You know, When I close my eyes, that's just how I see this game playing out. Uh, I think Montgomery will have season-long value in 2020, but if I can, I'm pivoting elsewhere in Week 3. Either one of you guys, you have the floor on David Montgomery at Atlanta.
0: So you say sit him, but who who can you really start in front of him if you? I mean, we just have a brutal week at injuries and if for running backs. Like, how can I manage
1: to sit this guy? I would start Jarek McKinnon over him. Would you okay. start An- Antonio Gibson over him? Ooh, that's you know that's a really good line right there. Yeah. Um,
0: Gibson's against Cleveland.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would You'd do
0: go Gibson over him.
1: I would go Gibson. I really believe in the talent of that guy. Actually, second okay. shout-out shout to Trav. I hit him up with an offer like an hour ago. Shut <laughs> me down, but you win some, you lose some. Uh, yeah, I think Gibson's going to be good.
0: Gibson? All right, and what if what if you lost uh, CMC, but you got yourself Mike Davis? You put him in over him? In That's P- another good in one. In
1: PPR, yes. I think Mike Davis is going to catch a lot of passes, but I don't know how they're going to split up carries in that backfield. I think I, I might pivot to David Montgomery in that situation. Okay, okay. So that's so, a lot. So he's
2: around RB 24 right now. Yeah. That's about where he's at Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's fair. I, again, the Atlanta defense is bad. It's not inconceivable to see David Montgomery plunge two into the end zone. He could have a good day. I just see this going bad for Chicago really fast and they're playing catch up and Anthony Miller might see a lot of passes and Allen Robinson might see a lot of passes and Jimmy Graham might get some work, but I think David Montgomery might be the odd man out. Our last guy on the sit list he we lo- we love him when he's in the game but that's uh, very few and far in between it's will fuller he's taking on the pittsburgh steelers in pittsburgh and while i said not everyone is an automatic start when they're playing atlanta i feel like everyone might be an automatic sit against pittsburgh obviously that only goes so far but you know and i should have put will fuller in our uh in our You Blew It section, Donnie, for uh, this week's show because he came out last week and he goosed fantasy owners against Baltimore. It was a bad matchup to begin with, but a big zero doesn't do anyone favors except the guy you're playing against. (laughs) Uh, He reportedly had hamstring issues, but as far as I know, he's on track to play on Sunday against Pittsburgh. Uh, Between the terrible matchup and the uncertainty with Will Fuller's health, as always, I'm not taking my chances on Will Fuller in week three. Uh, I would probably really reach into the barrel to, to play a wide receiver over him. In fact, I picked up Michael Pittman this week. I would play him over Will Fuller if that opportunity presented itself. D. Hall, in this matchup against Pittsburgh, if you were in some crazy situation, if you were a really bad drafter and you have Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, who would you be more inclined to start against the Steelers?
2: Brandon Cooks, and it's not close. On account,
1: so, of, on account of health issues, or health
2: issues, and you look at like what Brandon Cooks is really good at. He's good. He's a fast guy that gets over the top quick. Who did the Steelers give up two touchdowns to in the first week of the season? Mister Slayton. Slayton got over the top quick and burned. Uh It was also it was Joe Hayden and Micah Fitzpatrick, who's the one of the strong parts of the back end of the defense. But those fast guys get the Steelers problems, and obviously us being me and my brother being Pittsburgh fans heavy, we know that more than anything. You had to look at that type of thing uh, when it comes to playing those two. But in terms of Will Fuller, hands off on Will Fuller. If I can avoid it, I really don't want to start anyone in this matchup for Houston uh, outside of David Johnson. Uh, we saw Melvin Gordon actually had a pretty good game last week against the Steelers. I would start David Johnson, but you know, in a one-quarterback league, I would try to pivot. I would start Gardner Minshew tomorrow over Deshaun Watson. And maybe that's bold, but I would do that. I, I think the Steelers' defense is that good. And that might be my homer in me talking, uh, but, you know. It's a spicy take, not going to lie. Spicy take. I just think that Gardner Minshew, he's in that matchup. It, you add all that up, and I just think that, you know, I'm trying to avoid when, when teams are playing the Steelers, yes, they can have a couple touchdowns here and there. But for the most part, man, the Steelers' defense is next level this year, and I'm trying to avoid them at all costs. Nate, what's
1: Will Fuller's range of outcomes in this game against the Steelers? He can have this many fantasy points to this many fantasy points.
0: Uh, Well, he can easily have zero. Honestly, I think the odds of him having zero to five, I'd put – I'd say there's a 70% chance of him going zero to five points for you. But you always have that 30% chance with Will Fuller that he breaks one loose and (laughs) –
1: 35.
0: Yeah, yeah, 35 points. But, you know, in a world where you need to win your matchup, do you really want – that percentage i mean the the upside
1: is there the upside is there for sure but it's scary
0: it's you have to have some balls to put them into your lineup i'll tell you that right now
1: that's all we got for this week for stardom for sitem we gave you a few a few trade targets d hall it's been a pleasure as always go check out his show near falls with d hall on spotify on apple and everywhere you get podcasts nate thank you so much for joining us that is Nut to y'all who don't know. Nate, you wanna plug something while you have the floor?
0: Uh yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hall Monitor.
1: That that's the Hall Monitor. Go follow that man on Twitter and we will see you guys after week three and we'll start prepping for week four. Thanks, yes, sir.